I'm so Hi. happy to have you. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me. You are soon to be mother of two, right? Yes. Yeah. I have a two and a half year old now, a boy, and then I'm having a girl in October. Oh, congratulations. Best of both worlds, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Everyone keeps telling me, they're like, you're so lucky you can get it out of the way. I didn't really care. I was like, I thought I was going to have a boy. So um, but I'm just excited to have two and then be done with being pregnant. <laughs> it's awesome that they're so close together. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really cute. I'm excited to see him with, with the baby and everything. He's starting to like understand that there's a baby coming kind of, but I, I think he's still like a little confused. He'll just be like, Oh, okay, truck, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but it'll Aww. be really cute once they hang out together. Yeah, for sure. From I have an older brother and he's six years older. Mm -hmm. We're very close now, but I feel like from everyone I hear who has like three to four year difference, that it's supposed to be the best growing up and the best for the parents as well, because usually kids inevitably get along when there's a very small right. difference. Right. Especially when you have like a bigger age gap, you know, one's a teenager and has, you know, his or her own interests. And then it's just... So it's, it's awesome that you're having them so close together. Yeah. You also are absolutely glowing in like every single one of your videos that you post. Um, I don't have kids, but if that's what pregnancy looks like, I think it's going to be okay. It was so surprising for me because like even with my son, I was like, my God, I feel like I have like fillers. Like it, it literally gives you like fillers in your face when you're pregnant because everything's like plumped and my friend was like oh did you get lip filler I'm like no like it's just when you're pregnant you're just kind of like swollen but it looks like you're glowing I'm it like I really wanted to I want to figure out how to make it last past pregnancy <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of tricks can I do <laughs> that's but awesome yeah yeah but no that's and you that's are <laughs> no, no. I, I was just going to say you're continuing to be very busy with work while you're pregnant. Yes. What's the secret? You seem to be very full of energy. Is that something that comes with just doing what you love or you just continue to have that drive for, you know, kind of achieving more and doing more? Yeah, um, it was always kind of something that I was born with that feeling. I feel like I've, I don't know if I was born with it, but Ever since I was really young, I just really couldn't wait to work and I couldn't wait to like make my own money. And I just had a lot of interest in saving money. I would keep this little like fake cash register thing in my room. And I would just, every time I had like birthday money or babysitting money or whatever, I would like save all of it and calculate it. And I just forever, I just would kind of, I just always wanted to live a different life like I didn't want to live a middle of the road life I wanted to really push myself and like see what I could achieve kind of thing so everything that I do even if I was working in retail I was really trying to like push the envelope of how can I be the best employee how can I add the most value so then I can move up or I can you know advance quicker and get to my goals faster um, which is why I took a lot of internships in college like I was really proactive about getting the job experience before graduating. So I didn't have to go into these entry level jobs and, you know, make 
the base salary and kind of work my way from there. I was already kind of ahead of the game by the time I graduated. Um, but then when I got pregnant with my son, I was about two years into real estate. And once you hit the two year mark, you're really starting to get referrals. You're starting to get more repeat business. So it gets a lot, a lot more like lucrative because you're not grinding it out to get clients all the time. Um, I, I started from zero, so I didn't have any clientele when I started and I never paid for leads. I didn't um, pay for advertising. I just did everything like on foot and person to person. Um, and then using my social media, I gained a lot of clientele that way. Um, kind of a combination of using the tools that I learned in all these different like minimum wage jobs that are very customer service oriented. And then the social media kind of like newer age marketing to still have a great like human connection with my clients, but also serve them in the way that I can give them a lot of exposure. Um, and when I got pregnant with my son, I was so scared that I, my career was over. Like I, I remember my husband, like I was having a nervous breakdown. Like I was like, I feel like I'm at the height of my career right now. And I put in all this effort and I feel like I'm not going to be able to work. And I just had this totally construed way of how I thought it would go. And in reality, I ended up like doubling my uh, income when I was pregnant, doubling my business and then tripling it after I had my son. Um, when I had landed, it was like the beginning of lockdown. So I still work with my clients virtually. And it kind of gave me the ability to bring him with me to work all the time for the first six months. And that really helped me to keep my business going. But it really is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of like the days that you don't feel like doing things, especially when you're pregnant and you have every excuse to be like, I'm gonna lay in bed and like watch Netflix all day. Um, but then it's, I just have like an inner it's almost like an anxiety that like drives me to do these things every day, but then they just accumulate and then kind of create that success that you visualize in your head. You, you seem to have a fire that's always going, right? For, yes. For being yeah. good at whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's being a mother, your career, everything you put 100% in. That yes. seems to be from you know my observation of life really the recipe for success is if you give it your all everywhere you go, even if, you know, in the beginning you might not like it 100%, like you were mentioning earlier, everything that you learned from, you know, certain entry-level positions or everywhere you went, you gave it your all and you learned so much and then it brought yes. you to, to where you are today. Yeah. Right. How did you end up in real estate? Was that something that you kind of always had in the back of your head or that just something happened? Is that something that just happened? Right. So I did, out of college, I did uh, medical device sales, and I originally went to college for broadcast journalism. I wanted to be like a host of a TV show. My dream was to be like Juliana Rancic on E! News kind of thing. And I loved pop culture, so I was like, oh, that would be perfect. But then once I took an internship in journalism, and I, I would make it a point to ask a lot of people and reach out to a lot of people, even on LinkedIn or, you know, just you're, like, word of mouth, people that had been in that industry to get their real view on it. Cause I didn't want to go into a field that wasn't going to be lucrative. You know, even if it was my dream and something that I loved, you have to be realistic sometimes at the end of the day and be like, okay, is this going to be something that makes sense for me to put my time into? And, you know, people would tell me, oh, I'm an anchor or I'm a journalist. I make 18,000 a year. Like, 
you know, they were telling me all these stories and I looked up, I actually had a professor that recommended that we look up our, you know, our, what career we wanted to have at the, in the Better Business Bureau. And that was the best thing I could have done because I saw the trajectory was really not great. And I'm like, how do I get into a field where I really can capitalize on this degree? And I almost dropped out because my grades were so bad. I was at like a 1.8 GPA because I was going to the pool every day. I was going in the lake. Like I didn't care about class or anything. I wasn't applying myself. And then my parents were like, you know, if you want to make money right away, you could just get your real estate license. They're both real estate agents. Um, and I kind of always just, that's all we talked about growing up was like real estate deals and a lot of people in my family had their license, so it was the top of the conversation a lot. But it was really important for me to get my degree and do something that required a degree before I went that route. Because I always knew, I was like, you can always get your real estate license, but I can't always take advantage of this time when I can get my degree. So I went back, got my grades up, ended up graduating with like a 3.9 GPA. Um, and that process of going from like the lowest of the low to taking five, six classes a semester while working, while doing into like I really just put it all on all of a sudden and like just seeing how much that changed the trajectory of something that really could have been a sad story in my life that like I couldn't get through college. And that kind of taught me like, okay, if I just work 10 times harder than the next person, I can really do anything and I can achieve anything because I never grew up with the narrative that I was like a smart person or I was kind of like the dumb blonde sister kind of thing. And, and I always believed that, like I was genuinely like, I am not as smart as like the other people I go to school with. And I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna be like the kind of ditzy whatever. And then once I turned that voice off in my head and I was like, well, that doesn't even make sense. Um, and once you start seeing the proof of your efforts, then you're like, wait a second, I actually am intelligent and I do have a lot to offer. And once you start getting the feedback from other people, like in jobs that you're doing, that you're doing a good job or uh, professors wanting you to, you know, apply yourself more in certain areas because of the way that you bring yourself to the table, it, it enforces that confidence for you to be able to then replicate that in things that you want to do. So um, to answer your question, I did medical device sales for three years after college, and then I got an amazing job opportunity. I left my other job. I was like ready to start. The onboarding was taking forever. I had my real estate license because I got it during night school while I was doing another med sales job. Um, and then they said, oh, the position's no longer available. So I had already left my other job. I didn't have any income coming in. I had just paid like first last and security on an apartment and bought all my furniture and all that stuff. So I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> like I have to get something going here. So that day I remember calling my now husband and I was like crying and I'm like, oh my God, like I lost the job, whatever. And I said, this is my only day I'm gonna be upset about this. And then starting tomorrow, I'm starting my like real estate journey where I'm gonna be applying everything that I did to get this amazing job, to, to do med sales and to excel. And I was always like at the top of the sales leaderboard every week. And so I was like, if I can just apply that 
real estate, hopefully something will work. So then that led to me knocking on doors for six, seven hours at a time, like really just grinding it out to get business and to, like beg people to work with me basically. And then it's just grown over time. Um, kind of like snowball effect, but it was really tough in the beginning because you're literally like, like anybody that I would be talking about real estate or whatever, I would like go and talk to them and really be in their face and not have shame in it because I needed to have a business and make money. So you do what you have to do. <laughs> Sometimes as, as hard it is, as it is in those moments is when you really build your, your personality and who you are and your confidence. I had a similar situation when I first moved to Canada and I was like begging for someone to give me a work permit because I was like waiting for my application to be processed. And I right. wasn't sure if I was going to stay and stuff like that. So I remember going from like one retail store to another in the mall and just being like, do you guys hire immigrants? Can you give me a work permit? And they were like, yeah. mm, we don't do that, but good luck. Right, <laughs> so I remember right. I kept doing that in like pretty much every mall in the city that I went to. And, you know, you 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 look back and you're like wow how did i even like manage how did i have like the courage to do that but then you had the fire in you right because you're like well right. i either do this and have you know success or i'm i risk being in a complete you know terrible situation <laughs> worse than i exactly. am now exactly i just want to say like your story is so cool because a lot of people underestimate that that as long as you like if you're calling on people and you get a lot of rejection it just takes one person appreciating that drive and being like, oh, you knocked on my door in the middle of the day, you know, to someone, like somebody that appreciates that. And there's a lot of jobs that I ended up having to go three, four times in person and kind of bug them to be like, give me the job uh, before they would give me an opportunity. So a lot of times when people will comment on social media and they're like, oh, I'm applying to all these jobs, the people that I end up hiring are typically the people that will reach out to me after like an you know, the week later via email and then they'll call and then they'll email again and it'll be kind of like a couple months of that. And once you see that persistence in somebody, it's like, okay, they value this opportunity. They're not just shooting out resumes, you know? So it's a good lesson for people listening to know that most things you don't get with the first swing, you know, you have to like keep going back and back and back if it's something that you really want. And it's something that's really meant for you, then it'll happen. But you have to push for it. And I think you're also a very good living example of a lot of times people like if I go on your social media, you know, I, I, I look at your videos, which are amazing. But I see like the, the tip, right? I'm like, wow, this she's so successful. She's doing so well. And a lot of people form the idea that, well, she just, you know, she woke up today and she just had it right. Like nobody right. asks the question of how'd you get here? You know, like tell right. me your story. Because if you hear the story, you learn that there was a lot of difficulties and it wasn't so easy and you had to work for it. You, you didn't right. just, you know, wake up one day and it was given to you. You had to search for exactly. it. You had to look for it. You had to knock on people's doors. Right. And, yeah. and face rejection. So this is something that I wanted to kind of, you know, pause on a little bit. Uh, being a realtor, I mean, you run your own bro brokerage. You obviously have a very entrepreneurial spirit. And every single successful person I've ever talked to, every entrepreneur always says that you have to learn to be okay with rejection. Yes. And it's actually a great thing to get rejected. Yeah. And I find that a lot of people are so scared of it that they don't even try. You know, they don't even 
I'm not even going to go there because what if, what right. if I get, get rejected? And it's like, okay, but just like what you were saying, it takes one person to say, okay, yes. And then you're going to yes. be on a whole other level in life than if you just exactly. stayed in, in the spot of like, well, I might get rejected. So I'm not even going to try it. Right. Yeah. And it feels when you're not, when you don't have the opportunity yet, or you don't, you haven't achieved it yet. It feels so far out of your reach. And there's so many things that are going to kind of like knock you off of your stool kind of thing where you're no matter where you are in your career. I mean, owning the brokerage is such a learning experience for me because I've been in sales for 13 years and I really thought, okay, I'm just going to open a brokerage and like kind of do the same thing I was doing and just have other people working with me with clients. It's not that simple at all. And that threw me for like a huge loop, but you're right with the rejection. Um, a lot of time, like growing up in, in, in college and high school, I did a lot of modeling in between cause it was great, like freelance work, um, that you could do in between college, which I would totally recommend to people doing like promo modeling, stuff like that. You can do a lot of jobs freelance where you don't need an agency. Um, but it taught me so much about rejection. Cause that's like the number one, like I'm in South Florida. I mean, everyone is like gorgeous here. So when you're in this, you know, field, it's like you face a lot of rejection, people telling you your ankle is too thick, you know, or you need to lose weight or whatever. But that and just keep pushing forward, like it helped me a lot, even in medical sales, even in in um, real estate now, because sometimes, you know, unless you try and you put the effort in and you practice, I was a very awkward person. It was very hard for me to like, pick up the phone and sell or go talk to somebody and sell until I started putting myself in those really uncomfortable situations. And you can start really small, like call five people today. It's not going to kill you to call five people. But if you do that every Tuesday or something and you make it a point to continue to do it, that's the thing is the consistency. And that's where a lot of people try something once and they say, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm not doing that again like they'll door knock once or they'll call a client once and never again and that's just not how things work like you have to follow up with things you have to be ahead of the game you have to be proactive and persistent you don't have to be pushy with people which I think a lot of people get that confused where they're like well I don't feel comfortable being like a pushy salesperson that's not really how it is or has to be there's certain people that do that and they're kind of in it for the short game but when you're thinking genuinely about the client what's best for them how you can serve them they can add value to them even if whether they're buying with you or not and also understand that every opportunity that you have like to even like we said working those jobs where you're making eight dollars an hour or um, you're working with a client that's been taking you around for a year those are all learning experiences. And if you don't look at it that way, you're gonna get very cynical in the process of like hating your boss and thinking that the world's against you and all these things. But when you shift that perspective and you're like, listen, if I ask this, if I'm genuine with this person and I utilize this time to learn more about my client and learn more about this position and do my best and you know make sales even if there's no commission involved, stuff like that, um, that I used to do in retail all the time where you're on the clock, but I was like selling paddle boards, selling this, selling that. Cause I was honestly bored, but I was like, I want to learn how to sell. Like I want to know how to interact with people and put myself out there. And that's really the only way to do it. If 
and do it consistently and it will work it's just like you said a lot of people don't even put themselves in the game so we you know especially on social media you assume that it's so saturated in whatever market you're going into but the reality is most people are just not even going to try so if you just show up and you show up to what you say you're going to do you keep those promises like you're so far ahead of the game you don't even realize so the opportunity that you're looking for might be tomorrow you know if you just keep showing up and keep that optimism that something is gonna stick yeah absolutely and you never know where it might take you right what you're doing today right. the experience that you're gaining today yeah right absolutely. Like that's great advice might not even have thought you wanted and then you get it and you're like oh wait this is great you know and vice versa like if you manifest something i think anything you write down and you work towards like it will happen but sometimes it's not even for you once you get it once you get it you're like wait a minute this isn't what i expected you know so it's getting really clear about what you want and um sometimes you don't know until you're in it and then you can but you're still learning how to deal with those situations so with, when another opportunity comes along you can practice the same approach till you find your passion something that you really love to do yeah there's some value that'll come out of it right right even if it's not for you ultimately exactly. i want to just go back to something that you said earlier that when you had that situation of you know having your apartment ready and furniture ready and then the opportunity kind of fell through you allowed yourself to be upset only for one day yes let's focus on that because yeah. a lot of people <laughs> i mean i'm guilty of that too sometimes i allow something to just like take my head or take right. over my head and my mind um, i've been way better at it in the last you know few years but it, it definitely takes work so how do you deal with with stress or when you know you had a certain expectation and it just did not did not happen right how does that how, how do you only allow how do you set a like a deadline okay i'm only gonna be upset for this long <laughs> i think a lot of it has to do with the way i was brought up um my parents were really like my mom specifically was very tough on the fact that she would be like you are you're crying about this for 10 minutes and then you need to move on like she just would be very serious about like nothing about you going into your bed and sobbing about it for a month and whatever is ever going to project you forward and the reality in life is if you're not working towards your goal and you let these things set you back and you get into this rhythm of of letting setbacks whether you feel like they're the biggest thing in the world or they might not be a big deal in 10 years you know <laughs> think about that and think in 10 years is this going to be something that i wish i mold over for three weeks or am i going to turn this into a positive and be like this is a success story in my life and i shifted and I achieved from it because of what I learned from it. Um, it's just like shifting your mindset about the way that it can affect your life. And at the end of the day, if you're not working towards your goals, somebody else is. So it's kind of like that competitive mindset as well of you're losing time when you're doing, when you're really like, like victimizing yourself and thinking of all the reasons why, you know, it shouldn't have happened or, You know, I could have sat there and, and blamed the person that gave me the offer. I could have been like, you misled me, you know, you wasted my time, whatever. And I didn't. I just thought, you know, if I were a little bit better, 
maybe they would have like kept the position open or maybe like, you know, and how can I take responsibility for a piece of this, even if it was outside of my control and it was something with the company or whatever, maybe if I can at least find something to take responsibility for and again, learn from it, it's not, it doesn't have to be this like bad negative thing. And it's helped me a lot in my business now. I mean, I hire a lot of agents that I don't know, you know, like I, I don't know them until they start working for me and I trust them with my clients. And, you know, there have been times where I've been backstabbed like completely where I I'm like, how could this person do this when I'm like giving an opportunity, you know, like I don't understand because it's not the way that I would act with an employer. But at the end of the day, the, the most the biggest thing I've learned in the last year of owning my brokerage is having the expectation that other people are going to do things the way you are, whether they work for you or not, is completely naive. It's not reality. Like people do not think the same way. They don't grow up the same way. Like a lot of people didn't grow up with parents that were as like hard on me about those things as as they were and made me tough and made me like have a, you know, really thick skin and I have to understand that and empathize with people and and understand that they're going to do things a different way it might not work for me and maybe we part ways and I you know I'm not going to lower my standards you know to to come down to like low service for my clients but at the end of the day about working with different personalities and that's just something that I'm learning that I have never had to do before but I get but I see it as an opportunity. It's not like, oh my God, this is so hard. This is so impossible. Like I'm never going to be able to figure this out. It's like, I have learned so much in the last 12 months in such a fast amount of time that like, I can't, I feel like my brain is going to explode, <laughs> like, but it's a good thing. Cause you, that's what you want. It would be so boring to like never have challenges and just everything be easy and everything be like easy street and some people love to live their life that way. Good for them. Like, I totally get that. But I, that's not my personality. Like, I have to be going to the next level all the time in, it, in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's where you grow. If, if you right. want to grow as a person, if you want to go anywhere further in life, you have to challenge yourself. And I think it's one of the most common misconceptions that a lot of people have today like especially i don't know our generation not not to i'm not trying to generalize but but it right. happens a lot when people just they don't really want to put in the work and yes they just want things to happen and they don't want to try anything they just kind of have these dreams and, and and ideas of where they want to be or where they want to go but they don't even attempt to go there and yeah. something that you said really resonated is taking responsibility because it's so much easier to be in that mindset of, oh, I'm upset. I'm such a victim. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to get out of this. You know, there's almost like a, I heard this one um, Russian entrepreneur that I follow on Instagram talk about. It's like a position of a child when we just kind of yeah. throw our hands up and we say, well, I don't know what to do. This happened to me and I, I'm just going to like right. be in this place now. <laughs> I don't want to get out of yeah. it. Right. It's, it's easier. It's much easier than being like, no, you know what? Yes, this happened. Yes, it's not ideal, but I'm going to just like take back control and figure out what right. I can do about this. Right. And responsibility is scary, but it's it's the only way to get out of a situation that maybe is not as 
as good as you, you know, thought it would be or a situation that just hit you by surprise. So, exactly. yeah. And it, yeah, it's what you do with it. And, and you're right. Like, I don't like to be cynical either because I think when, you know, as like a millennial, that was my biggest thing getting into real estate. I was like, how are people going to take me seriously? Because the narrative is that millennials are so lazy and they don't, you know, they don't have the same work ethic. But then I use that to my advantage. I was like, okay, well, if I work my ass off, I'm going to stand out. And if I'm like the most professional and I come at 120% and like, I really cut out partying entirely. Like I was just like, so laser focused on creating that image so that people would look at me in that light and not look at me as somebody that's like, here I am in your business, like just cause I want it kind of thing. And it really worked. And that's what I try to kind of say on social media. And sometimes people maybe get offended that I'm so straightforward, but I'm never going to sugarcoat things. I really feel strongly about not doing that because I think it's such a detriment to the people watching. I mean, there's so much content that's like, if you just write it down, then it appears at your door or you like, you know, and and there's parts of manifestation that I completely, completely like use on a daily basis and they really work. And when I look back at my journals, I'm like, oh my God, like this came true. But because I work my ass off every day towards that, it's just a focus. It's just a tool. It's not a magic potion. It's not, you know, and I think a lot of people over the past two years, they've been fed this message of you can live a soft life and still be a millionaire <laughs> and you can, you know, you can have this and you can have that day to day it's not really like that. There's not like this amazing work-life balance that you, you just achieve one day. And I fell into that too, where I thought, you know, if I just put it out to the universe, you know, it's like, I deserve it. And that's not really, you don't deserve things that you don't work for in my opinion. And like, from what I've learned and nothing has just, you know, some things do fall into your lap, but other, it's the things that you work really hard for that don't work out. And that's what really tests you staying into an industry or staying in the game. Like the reason why so many real estate agents fail is because they don't stay in the game long enough to make it work. Or they like have a couple bad things happen with deals and it happens to everybody. It does not discriminate on how long you've been in the business. Like deals fall through, people use other agents behind your back. They bought, they, take you, you know, have you take them around for a year and then buy with somebody else. It happens all the time, but you have to understand that that's the business and not make it personal and not make it about, like, again, it's a learning experience. What did I do that caused them to use somebody else instead of that person, so that's a bad person and bashing them, look in the mirror and say, how can I learn from this? And that really does grow your emotional maturity, grows your maturity in your business and your your skin gets a lot thicker when you go through those those times and you learn every time and it's all about the mindset that you have when you're when it's going on but it does kick people's ass as a business very fast and that's why i'm so, so straightforward i hate to see that i hate to see somebody get so excited about a career and then fall on their ass you know and you have to let people do that but at the same time i don't want to be responsible for putting out the message but it's like sunshine and rainbows every day to do this because it's not. But, um, but you know, I think creating 
when you don't have a huge work-life balance, especially being a mom, it's like work, baby, work, baby. Like that's really my life. So it's about kind of incorporating little simple things that make you happy. Like I always have my juice. I always have my coffee. I like, you know, I love to work out. If I can take calls at the beach, I'm going to do it. Like little things like that, that it's not a vacation, but it's kind of like making every day a little bit of a vacation. That makes sense. Yeah, In any way you can. Kind of like you like doing this podcast right now with like an amazing view behind you. You know, it's nice to to be able to have both. And I think we're in such a nice time right now where we're able to do that, where we don't have to sit inside a cubicle in with no windows to achieve that. And I think that's a, that's the most that's like the biggest blessing that we have right now. And we have to look at that instead of looking at poor me. Why does this not work out? Why did that not work out? Because I tried once kind of thing. Very mature and very responsible way to approach that. And I also want to just focus on something that you said, like, for example, you know, you mentioned if, if, if a client behind your back uses another agent and you kind of, instead of blaming the client or blaming the situation, you look at yourself and you're like, okay, what, what could I have done differently? It's it's not to say that you need to look at yourself and criticize yourself for what you did, right? It's just to kind of look look in a very honest manner and say, okay, this is what I did. How could I maybe tweak a couple of things so that maybe it doesn't happen in the future or just to take a look, maybe I missed something that I didn't even realize right. I missed, right? So it's a very healthy approach. You're still, you're still approaching it from, you know, confidence and love of yourself. It's just, okay, what could I improve to do better next time, right? Exactly, and being efficient about it. Like going back to... You're not going to ruminate over what you did wrong for a month. You're going to address it, maybe write it down, maybe say, I'm not going to do that again. Or maybe it's, it, maybe it's not even the reason why a client went somewhere else, but you know what your setbacks are. So there's always going to be something where you're like, I could have done that better. And, and then write it down. You got it. Now you're never going to do that again. That's it. Like you don't have to make it a, like a huge dramatic thing because if you do, you will be miserable <laughs> like you you gotta be like okay on to the next one Absolutely. you know move, move on right you just gotta yeah. move on exactly. i wanted to also ask you something so i saw a video of yours recently and you know you mentioned that earlier the attitude that some people suffer from where they go into a situation or into a room let's say where there's a lot of more senior people in the industry that they work in whatever it may be and you know, maybe the person's really young and, or, you know, not, we're not going to talk about numbers. Young to me is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of numbers, but, um, or up until what could be considered for others old age, but in a situation where maybe someone can have more experience than, than the person. And you mentioned in one of the videos about how important your attitude is walk into a room just knowing that yes I might be young yes I might not have you know as much experience as others but I know what I can bring to the table and I know what I have to offer and just to have that kind of not an arrogant at all but very confident demeanor how can someone who's listening to this for example who's struggling with that maybe like at work or they're starting a new job how can they cultivate that attitude so like this is kind of like a tactical tool that somebody can really use today to figure this out a little bit um especially if you're like working at a job that you don't like or whatever sit down and write down the five things that you already possess that you already bring to the table 
not focusing on things that you need to work on. Like, what are you good at? And it doesn't even have to be, oh, I'm good at making Excel sheets. Like, it can be, I'm outgoing, I'm, you know, I'm friendly, like, good attributes that you have. Then you lead with those. And then you keep, like, reiterating to yourself those five things. And when you go into interviews, when you go into situations where you're talking to clients, you touch on those things and you lead with those five attributes. You don't have to say to them, I am this, I am this, I am this, but, you know, keep a few in your back pocket where you're like, same thing when I go, you know, to try to get a listing. It's like, well, you know, when I first started, there are people that were in the business for 50 years trying to get the listings that I was getting. Um, But I would show up when I said I was going to show up. Um, I would bring like a little you know, gift or something, try to just be genuine and not, like, you don't have to have a script. You don't have to be fake. You don't have to whatever. I genuinely like people. So for me, I was just like, let me lead with that. And the fact that I have so much energy and I would tell them, listen, I don't have any other listings. Your listing is the only one that I am going to be focused on. And I'm going to be going door to door every day with postcards. And I'm going to make 500 postcards for your listing. And I'm going to pass them out. And I'm going to be making custom videos, things that I couldn't even really afford at the time. Like I was offering that service to every person so that I was going above and beyond for them. And a lot of clients would say like, you know, I interviewed 10 other agents, but you're the one that you called, you were aggressive about it. You showed up, you've been persistent, you followed up. That's the biggest thing too. A lot of people have an amazing first impression and then they disappear. Um, following up is huge and it's vital for your business. Um, but then showing them your energy too. Like somebody that's been in this 50 years, they probably have a huge book of business and your listing might be on the back burner for them or they don't have the energy to go out and prospect and talk to neighbors. The first listing I had was 147000 and it was a little condo and I would go every day in the sun and pass out postcards. And sometimes you're doing those things and you're like, is this stupid? Like, what am I even doing? And then I, somebody pulled me over and said, oh, I just got your postcard. I, my son is trying, I'm trying to find something for my son. Can I look at it right now? He wrote an offer. I got both sides of the deal and I ended up selling it that way. And, you know, using those crimes, like, forward and saying, here's proof of my method and why the way I do things works. And building on that and continuously building your credibility, you can fake it till you make it all you want. And I definitely did that in the beginning, like faking my confidence because I had never sold a house before. So I'm like, how do I, you know, you got to look people in the eye, shake their hand, old school practices. And I did recognize too, the people that I, the clients that I was going after are older, they're in the older generation. So what's, what are they gonna uh, be impressed by that somebody maybe in my generation wouldn't be? And just being a regular person and not making people feel like they're a transaction is huge. Um, That's really how I've built a lot of credibility in my business and stability in my business because I do that with every single client regardless of their price point, everyone's going to be treated exactly the same. Um, And that's really helped me, you know, create that culture in my business where everything's organic. I've never 
going to be paying for leads. I'm always going to be getting business that way. And I have so much confidence in my ability to get business now that I did not have when I first started. Now I'm like, I could sell anything. But when I first started, I did not feel that way. You just have to fake the confidence, but you have to gain the knowledge in the process because if you just keep riding on fake confidence with no knowledge to back it up, then you're going to be caught in these situations where you're in a meeting with huge investors with so much capital, which I found myself in and I didn't expect that, but I was so strapped with information because I had done the work and I had done a lot of work in the field that they were like, oh my God, like, I'm so impressed. And that really gave, that was like where I finally, I have the chills because I was never a confident person ever. And once I started getting that feedback from really high up individuals, like that I really respected, I was like, they're not commenting on my looks. They're not commenting on my age. Like they're commenting on what I'm saying, like, and what value I'm bringing in real life. And it was really like life-changing for me. And I've just kind of struck on, stuck on that path. I never stopped learning. I never stopped pushing myself to say, how can I advise my clients in the best way that suits them? That's like a great investment tactic. That's not going to be the same as what everybody's doing. That is really going to help them. And it's really paid off for sure. Thank you for listening to part one of my interview with Mari Juliet and stay tuned for part two coming soon.